I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like Cleopatra coming at you, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Just think, nothing. Nothing's wrong with that. Please carry on. Okay, fine. You could have carried on then. That would have been fine. Oh, okay. I reckon you've I done that to... 15 times. Yeah, but I haven't done it for a while. All right. Do you want me to do another one? No, it's your domain. No, no, go on and pick one. I'll do something else. You are entitled to whatever you want. I'm entitled to have an opinion. That's how it is. That's free speech, baby. (laughs) Yeah. We can make whatever faces we like. Free speech, baby. What's wrong with that? (laughs) All I did was this. Okay, here we go. Like Cleopatra coming at you, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. What an immensely entertaining weekend in the Premier League. It's Monday, 28th of August. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. Hi, everybody. It's Monday. You can start working right after this podcast finishes. Oh, a nice little bit of Cleopatra to start the show, Jim. A little trip down memory lane. Yeah, once again. Once like again. Three times a week. 1998. There we are. Right in, the, yeah. right in the sweet spot for you. They got it right when they said life ain't easy. I was supposed to be here now, so it's not in the sweet spot for you. Uh, just after. Just mm. after. Just you're, you're, after. You basically, you are wandering through mm-hmm. the Brit pop ashes. Kicking up dust, yeah. listening to Cleopatra on your Sony Discman. Uh huh. On a yeah. bad day, you get Cleopatra. Yeah. On a good day, you might get doves. Yeah, you never know. You, know, you yeah, never we know. You see, we recently celebrated uh, 25 years, of course, uh, of uh, Be Here Now. Yeah. Uh, Jim Campbell. That was Would have been shame. a year ago, wouldn't it? Came out in 1997. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. That so. uh, was uh, 26 years, sorry. It was mm. sad to see Jim wasn't at the reunion. But there we are. He, um, he thinks he's above it. <laughs> Too busy to listen to his nonsense pulp and blur and all that kind of stuff instead. Mm. Yeah, sorry about the start to the show. Everybody. Should we carry on? Then Jim yeah. just doesn't say anything. Just I, nods and drinks his coffee. Jim's <laughs> desperately wanting us to remember it's 2023. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Luke Moore, what was your highlight of the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, there's nothing in 2023 for me, so I don't know why you're coming to me. And what was your highlight of the weekend? Um, my highlight of the weekend was: Do you remember, you guys? You were definitely showing Marcus. Jim, you may have been. It might have been Vision. I can't remember. Do you remember the refereeing drama at Fratton Park last week? Yes. When uh, the referee had to go off injured and the fourth official also got injured, mm-hmm. so they had to get someone from the crowd and the game ended nil-nil. It's now a tradition at Pompey. Well, Pompey went to Stevenage yeah. at the weekend. It finished nil-nil. Mm-hmm. Referee got injured again. Shut up. I'm being serious. Pompey are playing such dynamic football, yeah. the referees are dropping like flies. So these and are, like, should are, be they, the are they mental injuries? They just cannot comprehend <laughs> they what they're having to referee and they keep, can't they're collapsing. Keep up, they can't keep up physically. They can't keep up mentally. There's so they much can't switching. Keep up the, emotionally. The, the swivelling you know, of that, that, that cross-field. I'll of... tell you what, when Pompey start scoring mm. and move beyond about eighth, it's going to get really serious. So I'm just saying it's kind of a pattern. You know, you know the film, um, you know those kind of M. Night Shyamalan films where they always start with... No, so you, I don't. You've got signs. Sense. Oh, okay. too late for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Six Sense was early enough, surely. Surely, think, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Maybe just about in the 90s. We're not sure. I've read up on it on Wikipedia. I but think. those films have got an air kind of feeling about them, Jim, you'll know this, where things just slowly start to go a bit all right, mm. a bit weird. Yes, and, and that's just to, Mel Gibson. People people start to ride it off. I don't think he slowly went a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. That was, that very, was very sudden. <laughs> yeah, and quite impactful from what I remember. Um, but this is what's happening at, at, down at Portsmouth. Right, it's, okay. They're starting to revolutionise the game very, very slowly. My goodness. And so referees are simply not capable no. of dealing with the quality. Did, did they take the same guy with them? Uh, who was a, Presumably they the should have. Fan. They're, they're on yeah. to rush now. But they, they but, should get free tickets. 
Yeah, because they might need him sometimes. Definitely no issue with that. We're not in Serie A, mate. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember what Alex Ferguson said about um, Alan Wiley? He's just booking Man United players because he's too unfit. He can't keep up with the game. Yeah, that's like this. That exactly was, like this. Yeah, blimey. That was outrageous by Ferguson. It was. At the time. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, uh, Jim Campbell. Follow that one, Jim. Yeah. So, firstly, highlight of the 90s yep. uh, was when the Alton Towers Nemesis ride had its own fizzy drink. Yeah. Um, I, th- I don't think you can get more 90s than that. You see, I knew Jim, he, um, he, he stands yeah. on the sidelines yeah. going, oh, doing this 90 thing, and then he jumps in yeah. two footed. Yeah. So, um, apart from Noel Gallagher at that 10 down the street, <laughs> that, yeah. That's or also the, the opening of Planet Hollywood. I can't yeah. believe I'm going to say this. You but started come on. it. Yeah, you started uh, it. Secondly, uh, without having seen either film, on the same day, I overheard the ending to both the sixth century and Fight Club in oh two separate goodness. conversations oh infuriating yeah. Yeah. and my highlight of the weekend was Mar- uh, Maurizio Pochettino seeming to not know who Malang Sarr yeah. um, and Jamie Cumming are <laughs> two, two Chelsea players now yeah. Jamie Cumming uh, I believe has played for him in pre-season <laughs> Malang Sarr has been on loan for, for about 15 years, as is the way with a lot of Chelsea players. But it, the press conference is amazing. They sort of switch from talking about Romelu Lukaku to Malang Sarr, and he's just like absolutely lost for words. He's like, I, I don't know who this bloke is. What, what <laughs> are you talking me, about? What are better. you talking about? It's an absolute challenge to cover Chelsea at the moment. It really is, isn't it? If If the manager of the side who's picking them. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Um, excellent stuff, yeah. I... Well, more on this later, but the performance of big Joao Polina in the heart of that he was sort of midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Can I have a little bonus one? Go on. Go on. Roy Hodgson appeared to have missed a little bit of stubble on, on one of his cheeks. Oh, that's he? nice. Enjoyable. That, yeah. that, that happens to us all. It does. It's good to know that even Roy hasn't managed to master it. <laughs> it happens on a, it happens a lot on the hangover. Yes. I find. <laughs> what are you saying? Nothing. Right. Not saying anything. Dear me. Maybe uh, it's just some new feathers coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually found myself over the weekend because it was a massive downpour, wasn't there, in the Palace game? I remember, I honestly, absent-mindedly, was sat in front of the telly googling "Are Owl Feathers Waterproof" <laughs> <laughs> to see if I could do a bit today. And it yeah. turns out they're not actually, and barn owls particularly don't like to hunt in the rain. That's funny. Isn't They'll it? stay inside. Yeah. So, just w- worth worth pointing out. No wonder Palace didn't win. All right, then, uh, where should we begin? Uh, so many uh, entertaining games. Let's start with. A match that happened yesterday. Newcastle United won Liverpool 2. It seemed very unlikely Liverpool were going to get anything out mm. of that game, Jim. But they bloody well did. Um, an incredible end to the game. It really, really was. And he is the last player in the world you want doing that to you. Yep. He is such a good shit house. Yeah. It's very annoying when you're on the end of it. But it's absolutely box office when you're watching him do it to someone else. I think if you're, if you're down to 10 men... And you've got Darwin Nunez on the bench. It's kind of like, oh yeah, is that why we bought him? Yeah, you know the ground he Suddenly covers. It feels like you're twelve. Yeah, well, the, the ground he covers, and, and look, I understand he's been criticised for missing some chances, but we know he's got quality. Yeah, as he displayed there. I mean, that first one in particular was a fine finish, but it, it, the, the impact he has, as you say, you know, what do they call him, Captain Chaos or something like that? You know. Um, and I forgot how much spice was in this fixture. Yes. All because of what has been said before, you know, Jason Tyndall. Um, oh, Tyndall is just a complete fucking knob, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he But is. it's brilliant, though. But, but Klopp yeah. steps to him, you know. We like, need him, we need yeah. him. He's a, he's, it's like he's been inserted from some sort of reality TV show. Yes. Yeah. Just to add a bit of, like, some sort of guy you love to hate. He looks like the kind of bloke you see in the quite posh seats at Spurs, <laughs> basically, just <laughs> holding court. Damning. Yeah. Yeah. Damning. Dresses like it, looks like it, arguably behaves like it. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, if they did uh, an older version of Love Island, he'd be thinking, oh, big that's time. me, that's me. Yeah. You wouldn't even get to the end of the question before, he signed, <laughs> before he's got his trunks on his by the pool. Totally. <laughs> Eddie, I'm off for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's training for it anyway, just yeah. in case. Well, I mean, Tyndall, uh, we, there's been a, an account on social media created, which has got quite a big following, yeah. all about, what is it called? Something like Jason Tyndall making it all about him, something <laughs> like that if not very much to that effect. And he commented it's, on the um, account. Jason Tyndall, des- desperate to be centre of attention. There we right. are. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's, suddenly people started pointing this out and everyone's like, oh my goodness, you know, look at the state of him. And then Klopp uh, said, didn't he, about the the, the the new rule and the technical error. I think only one uh, person from the... Um, yeah, and he said that only stuff. affect one club and that's Newcastle. And, he, yeah. and yeah. The, brilliant that he named it and then obviously did his big grin. But Tyndall commented on the account last season and said, the haters make me laugh. 
Oh, <laughs> Neil, Neil makes me laugh. Yeah, and then, he went, and then he went on to say, it did make me laugh when I found out about the account. The haters love to hate, but it just makes me... Stop saying this, yeah. um, Jason. It's a compliment to Newcastle. It's a rival a lot of other clubs don't want. I'm thick-skinned enough now not to take anything personally. A lot of people don't like Newcastle challenging the top. It's got nothing to do with Newcastle. This. No. It's about you. Yeah. Stop deflecting, yeah. okay? Yeah. You're being a mouthpiece. Yeah, but of course, he, he shushed Klopp at one point, didn't he? He did, and that's, he the, did. Kind of, that's the kind of shit you get when you're so someone who's um, mm-hmm. lasted four months in the main management job at AFC Bournemouth before getting <laughs> fired because Eddie's not there anymore. Indeed, yeah. I mean, if there's if there's one thing that you've... Wait for the final whistle. Well, the thing That's is, Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. I understand last season they weren't great at all, but look wait, what they've done. Just don't do it. Yeah, well, there's yeah. that as there's well. There's that. The yeah. second point is, um, yeah, wait for the final whistle if you are going to do it. Yeah. The third point is, the reason that Jason Tindall should get a load of sh- sh- kind of shit or stick or whatever you want to say, want to say isn't necessarily because of all this stuff. The worst thing he does, in my view, yeah. and I've seen him do it a number of times now, mm. is he goes and shakes the hand That's of the right. opposite manager before Eddie Howe goes, yeah, which yeah. is like a protocol kind of etiquette thing. And I know Eddie Howe probably doesn't give a shit, but it just looks so bad. But you well, know, Howe, Howe has always said that's just because he happens to be standing there each time because of where they position themselves. But, but even so, yeah, but that's not yeah. just, just step I'm back. Su- I'm surprised at Eddie Howe because he's obviously comes across as sort of fairly dull and boring. To have such a guy, I don't think. I think that might be why he has got him, though. Right, because a lot, a lot of assistant like a hype managers, man. yeah, a lot of assistant managers are the kind of conduit between the players and the manager who needs to maintain a bit of distance. I feel there's a mismatch between those two. I think Jason Tinder was the most morally disrespectful thing the Piff Posse have ever done. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. We can all agree. He's the most offensive thing about that club. We're getting a lot of uh, stick on social media for how much we hate the Piff Posse now. Why? Just because some we of the stuff we don't, we, we don't hate them. Some of the stuff we've seen. You know, it yeah. wasn't our fault that they lost to ten men like that. I, I like that um, that we can have a game that yeah. is so good mm. we can still do about eight minutes not talking about any of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did give Darwin his dues there. But well, I, I mean, think Darwin. We should give him more. Well, I think that because um, he was phenomenal. I mean, the funny thing is, it was it was it was all there in, in with Nunez coming on because there was that moment where the balls played over the top, and if he controls it well, he's in. And he, mm. yeah, he almost controlled it too well. It went behind. Indeed, him. Yeah. yeah. And that was before he'd scored. Mm-hmm. So to then pick yourself up because you know one nil down you get a moment like that you could be like oh bloody hell that was a little I thought yeah. I thought it was an astonishing turnaround by Liverpool I can't remember yeah. seeing a team I'm not sure it has happened but I can't quite remember a team at that level of disarray yeah. like errors being made yeah. players who were otherwise good not being at it um a straight red mm-hmm. wait after about 20 odd minutes and to your you, best defender uh, yeah, yeah your best defender and you and you and you're watching it thinking this is the this is tends to be the trigger point where it all goes to absolute shit, especially is, with the home crowd up. The, the, the yeah, football and, this, and Newcastle are good, Oof. and this is this is going to be five or six. Right for them to actually win the game yeah. was incredible. Yeah. To get out of there with a point, you'd totally. bite your hand. But off. it was it was incredible that they were they sensed that the, it was there for the taking mm. and just just kept playing their game. And I think Newcastle shrank a bit, didn't they? I think they yeah. they were they weren't sure whether to try and sort of press their advantage or to shut up shop. So they kind of. Yeah. Didn't really change anything. Well, and I think that... Gary Neville was saying that on uh, Cocoms, wasn't he? That he said, "Well, it would be interesting to see how how we'll see Newcastle play against ten men." But the fact is, they had the lead, you know, and it's. I suppose that then makes you feel. Oh, so, 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 do we press for the for the for the second? Do we not? I mean, Harvey Barnes had a chance, which yeah. was which should was have pretty, squared to Wilson. Oh, yeah, that was pretty absolutely in the end. horrendous. <laughs> that was horrendous. It was one nil, and that's the game done. The Liverpool done then. Mm. Yeah, Wilson was doing his nuts. Yeah, but understandably, I thought that was either. It depends which way you look at it. That was either a kind of rabbit in the headlights yeah. guy, just a poor decision at the moment, or that was like a stupendously arrogant thing to do. But I mean, we're, we're saying all this, but I mean, Allison made the most saves he's ever made in a Premier League match. One of them was incredible. So I mean, that one where he's he's saved ridiculous. from Almiron. Yeah, I mean, on another day that goes in. And the complexion of the game is totally different. But the mm. fact is, it didn't go in. So you've got to then go from mm. there, play the ball where it lies. Yeah. Um, because I believe it went out for a corner. Um, yeah. uh, but it, well, yeah. just don't, don't play where it lies. Then. <laughs> put, put it on the corner <laughs> and yeah. take it from there. That's true. Yeah. Free it, drop. It would be disarray otherwise. Yeah. But, um, but, but you know, you have to give the goalkeeper enormous credit. And again, that shows you the quality Liverpool have. That's what happens when you pay that amount of money for a goalkeeper. You want him to have big moments. Mm. And yes, they were down to 10 men. But they're still Liverpool. They've still got quality everywhere, especially in between the sticks. But still, you thought to yourself, "Oh well, this is this is Newcastle." But I, it's, it's, I mean, Newcastle are still in the phase of they're still building, aren't they? 
think sometimes with the way they are spoken about, and I would include Brighton in this as well, and we'll talk about them later, is people suddenly think, oh, yeah, they're the finished article. So they're going to win every week. Exactly, yeah. 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 The way yeah. people talk about Brighton is, I think sometimes, and, and it's Brighton's great performances have, have, have made people talk about them in, in such a way, but because they maybe don't have the strength and depth and, and, and the quality of individual players that, say, Liverpool have, or Manchester City, you know, where they uh, score a late winner against Sheffield United, you know... Perhaps you know maybe we are a little bit um, too uh, expectant on on yeah yeah the team I, I think that's probably fair but yeah this is a game that was kind of typified by individual errors mm. and Liverpool kind of somehow come away with this kind of stripy jumper win because Nunez takes two amazing chances I mean really he's someone who struggled a bit like Gary Neville said in the game commentary. Um, he's someone who snatches at chances generally. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think he looks like he's trying a bit too hard. He try, it always seems to me to be someone who tries to smash the ball too hard, mm-hmm. um, which is a sign of a kind of striker that's maybe not got that much confidence. Um, but those two chances he took amazingly. There was almost like two lightning strikes and they win. The first one in particular. I mean, There's a beauty. The, the precision, you know. There's a yeah. beauty. And But you've got to look at, I think, Gakpo didn't really do much. Diaz didn't really do much. Um, the new signing Endo didn't really do much. McAllister kind of hustled and bustled but didn't do much there's an error from Alexander-Arnold Van Dijk got sent off Matic wasn't great you know um, it's only really Salah and Nunes that came on yeah. that you can think of that did mm-hmm. really well yet they right, still, and the goalkeeper of course and the keeper of course and they still win the game I think Anthony Gordon I said at the start of the season I think we said it on here he's going to have a really big season I thought he was fantastic for the most part Botman of course made an error really for yep. the Liverpool first goal was it the first one I think it was it was yeah um, off the bot yeah off the bot Botman off the bot yeah a um, bit of a nominative determinism there. Um, but it was an incredible barn burner of a game. I think, you know, we were very fortunate that we had probably a couple of candidates for barn burner of the weekend we this got, weekend. I, mean, I think we've got three in there. Three, okay. Yeah, but we'll I mean, stick around I mean, for that then. Trent Alexander Arnold said it was one of the best performances since Jurgen Klopp arrived at, at Liverpool. Not by him, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally don't agree with that. No. <laughs> but I think it's one of the, in, in, in all things Are you doing the Jason I, Tindall I, finger to, his, yeah. to your mouth? No, I'm, I'm wanting to edit that statement yeah. and say it was possibly one of the best results. Hang on, I'm just thinking, if you're ready, how? Am I Jason Tindall in this scenario? Yeah, I think... Uh, Jim is in this Yeah, And Jim's uh, the piff. <laughs> I'm just looking on ominously. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're Look, the piff. Yeah. We're, you're we're chief not... piff. Yeah. But, but uh, you, you understand... <laughs> Seriously, though, win. Jim Stavely. Jim Stavely. Yeah. Um, but I think you can understand why... Alexander Arnold's coming out with something like that, and Jurgen Klopp was 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 beaming. They're, they're on a high, aren't they? They're on yeah. a high. They're on a huge high. And you're, you're right, Angel. It's the result, isn't it? It's <laughs> it's a, it's a, the the result is is a spectacular one in the context yeah. of what Newcastle are now, especially at home. Yeah, and especially with the the, the subtext of Tindall and on, on, on all that kind of stuff. I mean, in the first half. Trent Alexander-Arnold was lucky to stay on the field. He was. He was unlucky to get a booking. For the a, first yeah, one. it's a funny one, isn't it? Because um, the, the referees seem to be on this absolute, like, almost childish, like, crusade at the moment to get as many silly bookings in as possible. Yeah. And it feels like they've been under a lot of criticism. And I don't know, maybe this is just me um, imagining things or, or, or projecting frustrations, but it feels like there are a bunch of petty train ticket inspectors at yeah. the moment. It's like, yeah. you know when you're on a train and someone doesn't have the right ticket and there's this this... Absolute non-entity, just loving it. Just yeah. like, I know what I know. What oh, you got the wrong ticket. It's, uh, I'm gonna have to find you. Traffic wardens, <laughs> oh, ticket inspectors, <laughs> police officers, <laughs> uh, referees. Yeah, they're all the same. Uh-huh. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an inappropriate tumescence. I'm annoyed all over the Premier League Definitely. at the moment. I'm annoyed that we have to sit watching Mike Dean on Sky Sports. Yeah, like the world shittest vicar in a pulpit. <laughs> I mean, part, <laughs> part of this is boring from... shit. Part of this has come from his admission, though, right? That he, um, that there was a situation where he knew that um, I think it was Anthony Taylor yeah. had had a, had had a difficult Friday, game, yeah, yeah. Tails. and and then uh, you know he's, he's deciding to just let him off having to deal with one of those those decisions. Yeah, I mean that's put so much scrutiny on them, and it feels like they're sort of like you know circling the wagons a little bit, and mm. just I don't know, maybe maybe it's unrelated, but there, there have been so many silly bookings that could easily have been overlooked that have been affecting games we're getting a lot of players sent off managers being yeah, suspended like Marco Silva but yeah. they're happening because the referees have said and given a directive at the start of the season they're going to clamp down on dissent and players are still dissenting it's, yeah that's, that's I mean issue, I think right? I think the, the, yeah the, I mean, the thing that's is with, part of it at least the thing is with, with the Trent situation is that he's annoyed that he didn't get what was a clear foul yeah, and and then he does that, and everyone says, "Well, yeah, it was a foul. 
but it's not given how many times in your footballing yeah, career absolutely. is that going to happen. But then uh, the second one is is a very clear yellow card. Yeah, surely I mean, by I, the letter of the law. Yeah, it's it, a tactical foul. It, it, it is. I mean, I it if you is. think it's a foul, you've got to book it. Well, that's right. I think that w- whether you think there was enough, did Gordon go down easily? I mean, of course he did. Um, the, the arm was up. You you can argue that. You know, I don't think that's the argument here. The argument is, is if the foul is given, that is a, de- a yellow card without without a doubt. Uh, I think Trippy was saying to the referee, it doesn't matter how early on in the game this no, is. You know, yeah. and, and of course, and that's, and, and that's also a a reflection of how good Anthony Gordon was. If you're a, as an attacking player, yeah. if you torment the fullback to that extent that he's picking up yellow cards and giving away fouls every ten seconds, and then eventually gets sent off. That's part of the game. Mm. That's part of the attraction of being a good attacking player. Yeah. And it's not, referee can't show leniency there just no. because he's having a terrible time of it. I mean, the, the neutral certainly wants the referee to show leniency there, see what I mean? But that's, yeah. it's not about what the neutral wants. Um, moving on quickly to the Van Dyke red card, I couldn't understand why there was any debate and any suggestion that it wasn't a red card. And it wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity. Agree, agree. Yeah, I, I just, he, cleaned, he cleaned them out. He's going to shoot. I, I, mean. I just I, there was so much chat, and obviously Jamie Carragher. I know you say, "Well, he's a Liverpool fan," but Carragher was making the point. Well, we don't know if it would have been a goal-scoring opportunity. Well, the problem is, well, Marcus. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. A lot, a lot of the chat. I like Carragher. I think he's good, but I just what, he lost his head there. A lot of the chat on this kind of debate is people confused, denying a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity with denying of a goal. Yes, it's not the yeah. same thing. No, it That's not what the law says. The law doesn't say you've stopped a goal. Yes. It says you've stopped the chance for a striker to have an opportunity to score a goal, yeah. which unquestionably he did. Well, of course he did. I, I mean, I, the the only argument could have been, when I, you know, is would he have got, or the only argument in that kind of scenario is would the striker have got on on the got to the um, the ball? Was it maybe an overhit pass, or was there a defender covering? Was that his feet? Wasn't it? No, no, no. I'm just saying in that situation. Oh, right, yeah. These are the things that you're looking at. Was the ball over hit? Was a, d- a defender going to cover? Blah 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 blah. If none of these things are, are are the case, which it wasn't for for Isak when he was going to go in, then then it's a red card. It doesn't have to be the ball has dropped to you. You're about to bring your foot back and you're going to tap it in an open net, mm. and then suddenly the defender clatters you. No, you're you're denying a striker who is in on goal. It is a goal scoring opportunity. It is written clearly in the rules. So this idea that oh well we didn't know. Of course we bloody knew. We saw yeah. what would have happened. You completely cleaned them out. And well. Van Dyke <laughs> clearly takes his leg and then gets the ball. Yeah. I just, I, could, I was sat there going, why is anybody, it's as clear as day. You I don't agree. like the piff posse. You don't yeah. like Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. You two are just bitter. Who do you like? Bitter. I like Jim. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, even after that. Even after that. <laughs> Uh, but it was it, it was, was a brilliant a, game though. But it was a great a, a great great game. And for Liverpool to turn it around and come away with a win is massive for them because it's you know been a relatively what what would you say indifferent start I guess. Yeah, they're, they're getting a lot of criticism, aren't they? Yeah. People saying they're you know they're they're not what they were, they're not good enough. Well, they weren't. Et cetera, et cetera. They aren't what they were. They've had a difficult window as well. They've lost a lot of their targets to, to Chelsea. That's right. Mate. That's right. I mean, there's there's still the, the old uh, wicked whisper that uh, that um, Mo Salah might be Mo off. Salah might be off. But I mean, I. We shall see. So, yeah, a, a great win for them, no doubt. And despite the loss, I think Newcastle will take their medicine and come back from that. You know, these good. I mean, Liverpool haven't lost a game so far this season. I don't know what I'm talking about there. I suppose they weren't amazing against Chelsea, were they? No, I think they were fortunate to get a point yeah, against Chelsea. Yeah, you know. yeah. But Newcastle themselves will dust themselves off and and go again. And and that's, there's a chance to learn there from, from, from those kind of lessons. Mm. Um, elsewhere in the Premier League, another barn burner was at Old Trafford, Manchester United 3, Nottingham Forest 2. Um, 2-0 down inside four minutes for Manchester United. You don't often... In fact, I don't think we've ever seen that at Old Trafford, quite frankly. Uh, it was a blistering start from Forrest and Awanee with that blistering pace. We saw that at Arsenal yeah. when, when, when he combined to... Um, with Alanga. With, with Alanga I really, to score. really thought he'd overplayed it as well. Well, it was sensational. What I found really interesting... The pace was unreal. Rashford... Uh, it was not slow, by the way. No, Rashford eventually... As um, Awanee stops to kind of compose and then take the chance, there's a moment where Rashford can dive in. Yeah, he's not a defender, though, but he's he? not a defender, and he did, <laughs> and he was a bit like, "Oh, he stopped. Does that does that mean I have to stop?" Yeah, and then he kind of go and by that point, it's in the net. The ball's in the back yeah. of the net. But there was a moment there where he, where that's that's where a centre half would have been waiting. And what course, a run he's on, though, Awanee. I mean, he's, he's an incredible goal scorer and run he's on seven, seven games in a row, isn't it? Yeah, um, obviously scored, and he scored against Arsenal. He scored against Man United. Um, but and that then, goal, Luke, it, it just what a, I mean, again, that's that's twice we've seen him do that. Obviously, Arsenal played it slightly differently, but similar as well, same I, result. I, it's, a, it's a weapon Forrest I, have. It is. I quite liked um, Man United's approach to this. 
which is going to sound a little bit contradictory. Make because it they, interesting for the neutral. They, they went down, obviously, a couple of goals. The volley goal was a little bit... Just came just off his face. Yeah. Yeah. Even oh. the way he celebrated, he was like, yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, And they found themselves 2-0 down, obviously, very early on. But the reason they went a first, the first goal down is because they were basically just trying to impress themselves upon the game really early. Yeah. Like, we had, we had a shitty start to the season. We're at home. Mm. We need to set the tempo here because we'll be fancied to win this game. And they got caught out, and then they got caught out again. And then, obviously, they come, still come away with a win. I thought that um, Forrest started pretty well, but they were almost surprised themselves yeah. of what had happened. Um, the, the thing that's interesting to me is that they move, May United move Rashford to the left, bring Martial through the middle, mm. who really doesn't do anything because he's, <laughs> it's just how it is. Mm. But he still gives... You want more from a and, footballer. And, and bringing Ericsson in instead of Mount, because Mount's had a pretty poor start to the season as well. But he was injured though. He was, but I, the, the, the net result is that Ericsson came in. Yeah. I felt it gave him a little bit more control. It's no coincidence that Ericsson, Casemiro and Fernandes all scored. Rashford out from the left they is a lot more They still looked a bit vulnerable in midfield. They do look vulnerable in midfield, but the difference is they went out there and they won the game. Now, I know that... Um, I know that Joe Warrell got sent off, which I, again I thought was a sending off, and that's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, if we're going to praise Liverpool for doing what they did, mm-hmm. May United did it okay against their worst team, and they were at home. But it was under an cr- incredible amount of pressure, and they still managed to do it. Look, they came back and won the game. I'm not, I'm not going to give them the same praise as Liverpool because it's, it's, it's a very different assignment. But they dominated the ball, May United. They doubled the amount of shots that Forest had. Um, I still, I still think they look a bit, a bit vulnerable, didn't they? Look again. It, it, no one's sh- saying they've solved all their problems. They're just no. saying it's a, it's a platform for them. Now. They had a bit of character. Yeah, they, they really did. Wrong. I mean, that that set piece move for Casemiro's goal was mm-hmm. clearly straight off the training ground, but yeah. like quite, you know, intricate and and very very difficult to pull off. So um, there's definitely sort of you know green shoots there. Yeah, of, didn't of... get the second one though. That was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, Warren Fernandez like they. Go, ah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how pissed off he was? We know he's quite. Yeah, Fernandez he took it all out on this penalty, which he absolutely <laughs> smashed. That was sensational. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, with with his penalty, we know that um, in the past, I don't. I, he doesn't do that little skip as much now. No, but I don't think I've seen it for a while. If I may, I may be wrong, doesn't uh, Jorginho stop doing it as well? I though. think he has. Yeah, I yeah. think he, he did it the last time he had a penalty. Did he? They do right. mix, they mix it up a bit more. Yeah, and, and I think with Fernandez, the goalkeeper obviously thought, I'm not going to move. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even if even if he had a move, you know, it was, it was a stunning penalty. Mm. Yeah. It's another big win for their mentality in the same way the Liverpool game is. Yeah, it's I, different at home, but also from two 0 down. True. I I I wonder with regards to Mason Mount, if we see a situation here at Manchester United where it becomes quite apparent that maybe this wasn't a good move for him. If you look at that midfield balance, they're going to start Casemiro because they need somebody in there, even though he was a little bit pedestrian at times. Bruno Fernandes is the captain, right? He is, uh, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. We've seen with Mount in there, it's perhaps too attacking that midfield. And I'm not sure if he gives the balance. Now, is he going to learn a new role? Yeah, perhaps. Hopefully he's an intelligent footballer. Maybe he will. So therefore you think, okay, maybe he'll be pushed forward onto one of the flanks. Well, Rashford's nailed down one of those positions. And... Ten, um, Ten Hag loves Anthony, who who had a better game, to be fair. And he wants more explosive players on the wings, it would appear. Yeah. Well, Mount's not like that. He's a different type of player. I, I've just, you know, in, in six So you months, can see that. You can see the fact that his best role is probably where Fernandez already played. Exactly. And I just wonder in, in a few months, six months' time, something, we're thinking, actually, this is not working out for Mount. Think, he's, you know, he's, his early days. He, well, indeed. He's been at Chelsea, you know, since he was a child. Yeah. So he's he's going to a new club, learning naturally learning a new system, new teammates. But from what I've just said there, Jim, what, 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 how is he going to fit in? Because you say new system and because, so on. He's um, going to have to learn a different role. He, well, he is going to have to learn a different role, but Something I think that's about... true of anyone <laughs> coming into a new club, isn't it? I, I don't know, Jim. I... Th- I... I, I, I take the point to an extent, but sometimes you sign players f- f- for what they bring. Often ready. So are you writing player? him off then? No, it, I, it seems very, very early to me to do to do that. Yeah, which I did. He's a dynamic you. player. Well, okay. So, where do you see his Manchester United career going then? How do you see him fitting into this team? I see him being uh, very similar to the player he was at Chelsea. Actually, perhaps being a little bit of an unsung hero. I think he can can play where Eriksen plays, can, can play where Fernandez plays as well. And that versatility is going to be what um, is useful to Man United that, that mm-hmm. you can get from Mount. That's part of his appeal, isn't it? That he can. Um, he can perform really well in positions that aren't his best position. Mm-hmm. So he can play off the left and he can play a little bit deeper. Indeed, but that's clearly not what Ten Hag is has been doing. You know, as I said m- moments earlier, Bruno Fernandes' position is nailed down. The, the two wings, he likes to play with more explosive players. Rashford, Anthony, Garnacho. He's a different type of players to mm-hmm. Mason Mount. They're a bit more sort of old-fashioned wingers. I, just, I, am, I wonder, as I say, in six months' time or whatever, we look at this and think... 
where where is Mount playing here? And and you don't want him a player of that age and that ability to suddenly become a little bit sort of. I don't know. I mean, you know, lost issue, in that system. The issue is that the, the teams at the top play a very a huge amount of games these days. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be opportunities for him. And if he gets opportunities and he takes his opportunities, the complexion will, the situation will look different. Um, it, you know, look how many games teams play. It's as simple as that. They need a squad and mm-hmm. they need a player. I mean, you're not going to turn down the opportunity to play to sign someone like Mount if he wants to play for them. Okay. Uh, quickly on Forest, um, similar to when they played Arsenal, equip themselves. You know, fairly well, but they are playing a far superior side. From how they've started the season, I, 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 I don't, I'm not too concerned about them actually. Last season, I was quite concerned. I think a lot of people yeah. were, but um, you know, they're scoring goals and uh, the points will come. I would have thought they are. Yeah, I think hanging on, hanging on to Brennan Johnson is really important. There's a chance he might yet leave. Um, hear talk of like 50 million being banded around. They would probably take that. You would think, but yeah, I think you know. It, it took them a while to find their feet because Steve Cooper had so many new players to bed in. Um, they came up maybe a little bit sooner than they were planning for. Um, and obviously that poses its own challenge as well. But you not get for the, the fans, mate. That, no, not for the fans. <laughs> we want another 15 years yeah. down here. <laughs> you, you, you get the impression that Steve Cooper has found his feet in the Premier League now. I get and that I, I doubt they're going to sort of, you know, finish top half or anything, but I, I, I agree. They, they look like they know what they're doing. And against lesser teams, they'll, they'll get some joy. There we are. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. What a match day this was. It's been a beast of football with a smug of goals scored by the likes of Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Sporting, Lisbon and Manchester City. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. That was Jamie Carragher. Just slowly losing his mind. Mm. Doing every American accent at once. You Spending know, too much time with Gary Neville. Yeah, you know when uh, Andy Brassel heard that, he's not annoyed at the accent, he's annoyed at the fact he referred to Inter as Inter Milan yeah, and Sporting as Sporting yeah. Lisbon. I, I'm also very annoyed, but for very different reasons. Very different reasons. <laughs> um, well, thanks to Chris Burton for choosing uh, that clip. You can choose the clip for next Monday's show. Just sign up to the Football Ramble Patreon using the link in the show description. All right, let's see how we got on in the Ramble Acker with Betfair. Here we go. Every week we're placing the £10 Acker on four match odds, 90 markets across the Premier League each weekend where any winning bets are paid out at 90 minutes. So you don't need to worry about any stoppage time drama ruining your bet. Uh, Four presenters, four games uh, usually Andy picked Bournemouth to beat Spurs. The result was a comprehensive Spurs win. So he ruined it for everyone from the very start. Yeah, mm. and I think James Madison must have known that when they did that dart celebration. Yeah. That was specifically aimed at Andy. Andy yeah. They were like, he was like, I'm throwing a dart here at Andy's head. Mm. 
Um, game number two, Pete picked Nottingham Forest to beat Manchester United. And everyone mocked him for that. Yeah. But actually... And they're still mocking him now. They are, because it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, the result was a Man United win, although what I'm alluding to is, of course, that Nottingham Forest at least flirted with winning more than Bournemouth did. Game three, picked um, Vish picked Wolves to beat Everton. The result was, of course, a Wolves win, because Everton are absolutely diabolical. And it was obviously going to be 1-0. Yeah. Always. Mm. Uh, Marcus picked Aston Villa to beat Burnley. The result was a comprehensive Aston Villa win. Yeah. Um, I think we all saw that coming. So we didn't win that one because of Andy and partly because of Pete. But there was one stoppage time goal in the Premier League this weekend. We've talked about it already. It was uh, Darwin Nunez getting the winner for Liverpool against Newcastle. So thanks to Betfair's match odds 90 market, anyone that bet on Newcastle and Liverpool to draw in that game still got their bet paid out in full as of course did um, people who backed Liverpool to win Betfair are donating £10 to the charity pot for every stoppage time goal scored in the Premier League this season um, so that's another £10 secured thanks to Darwin Nunez um, for Prostate Cancer UK remember with Betfair this season when you place a bet on their match odds 90 markets you will get your winning bet paid out in full at 90 minutes there we are well, again we've got two out of four so we've started the season a bit more th- promising. I think we had three the first week, didn't we? We did, yeah. And that was my fault we didn't get the fourth. You know. But you know. I'm not going to blame you for Premier League team losing or no, not winning. It was a draw, actually. It was yeah, a draw. Yeah. Um, right, everybody. And um, Before we go back to our beloved Premier League, let's talk about uh, Luis uh, Rubiales. Um, mm. Now, last Sunday, I'm sure everyone's aware of this, but, but last Sunday, of course, um, Spain won the Women's World Cup for the first time in their history. And since then, a scandal has engulfed Uh, the entirety of Spanish football, incredibly, uh, because of the actions of the Football Federation's president, Luis uh, Rubiales. Now, he kissed uh, Spain forward uh, Jenny Hermoso on the lips during the presentation ceremony as the players collected their medals. I'm sure everybody's seen this. Uh, He claimed it was consensual, but Hermoso has uh, denied she consented to the kiss. And on Friday, uh, Rubiales refused to resign at uh, a federation assembly and gave quite a mad speech. It was mad. Mm. I mean, it, it was, was absolutely came insane. out fighting. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, and now, eighty Spanish players have refused to play for the national team until changes are made to the federation's leadership and the entire coaching staff of the Spanish women's national team, apart from manager Jorge Vilda, have resigned. Um, Read the room, mate. Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> this is an incredible situation, Jim. It is, isn't it? I mean, it's it's it shows that some people will deny reality rather than confront and admit the flaws in their behaviour. Yeah, it's essentially an attempt to to gaslight the public. I mean, his his delusions are, are spectacular. Yeah. Um, he's you know talking about how oh, it was consensual. It was it was this. It was that. We've all we all saw it. Yeah. It c- clearly wasn't. There's this talk of um, how you know he's claiming that she picked him up. Um, and then that proves that it was it was all jovial and consensual. Mm-hmm. And like she's denying that she picked him up. Even if she did pick him up, yeah. one action doesn't then become That's consent right. for another action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's absolutely astonishing, really. And the Spanish um, Federation, they, it is an absolute textbook example yeah. of, of, of toxicity in this sort of environment. Any organisation around the world who can recognise this within their own should use it as an example of how to sort of yeah. root out this sort of problem because it is, I mean, it's 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 outrageous. Rubiales should never work in football again. He's an absolute danger to to an organisation if this is how he behaves in a situation like this, particularly when mm. he's he's called out on it. There's a lot of different stuff that's been said about yeah. his behaviour in the past, and it is just um, shocking and scandalous that um, Jenny Hermoso is is claiming that they made up a statement. Yeah. On her behalf. I mean, I find this... So there will be some people who have, have maybe not read up on this and seen too much about it, and they just say... And they, they, all they'll perhaps know is the the, the Spanish team have, have won the World Cup. They go along, and he does this, and suddenly all this is, is you know, why, why are we hearing this guy in the news, and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, it was an over-exuberant um, celebration. You know, blimey, there's there's a lot being made about this. But Luke, I think that... Um, and, the, and the funny thing is, is what uh, Rubiales doesn't realise is if we didn't know he was a dickhead, which it <laughs> suggests seems to be... We, with, kind of, we kind of did already. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, well, but a lot of people wouldn't know who he bloody was. No, exactly. He's very much publicised the fact that he is a dickhead because actually what he could have done not excusing the behaviour, was go, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. I was, I, you know, we just won the World Cup. I was so happy. Yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous of me to do that. Um, very, very sorry. Sorry that I've um, taken any attention away from uh, yeah. the women. Um, good, Well done to them. And I'll, I'll learn from them. Never do it again I th- or whatever. Yeah, I, th- I think he had a path available to him immediately after yes. it happened to say, 
Sorry about that. Mm. Exactly what you just said there. As a result, I'll be tending my resignation. Yep. It wasn't acceptable. It yep. wasn't appropriate. You know, that's really the least he could do. Because mm. to, to me here, there's like a few things at play. One is the rank kind of sexism and invasion of another human being's personal space and you know, the kind of behaviour which is clearly mm. unacceptable. You know, anywhere in society at the moment. You know, and didn't he grab days. his crotch and he was all he was doing, doing that? It, he was, it, was, yeah. it was a macho display generally. Yeah. The second thing is just the rank arrogance to to kind of be almost offended himself, yeah. even though his behaviour is the thing, it's the sole responsibility of, of of what's happened. And and the third thing is, you know, I don't want to diminish Jenny Hermoso's experiences and, and mm-hmm. be, see her sideline because clearly she's the victim here. She needs to be supported and whatever she says, you know, her statement I thought was very articulate and really summed it up perfectly. And that's what should be, you know, the kind of, you know, the, the, for, the text for where we, where we develop all this stuff from, um, the core text, if you like. But the, the, it also affects so many other people because ultimately what's being talked about here is just this yeah. and not mm. the fact that for the first time in yeah, their history yeah, yeah, they've won yeah. the World Cup, which is an incredible thing. It's yeah. worked, they've worked so hard to achieve it. And the fact this overpowers and over, yeah, overpowers the whole thing is, is really, really regrettable. And his behaviour since this has happened, I completely agree with Jim. I think you know, you've got to be very careful in society not giving people an opportunity to make up for the things they've done wrong and mm-hmm. give people a second chance, all yeah. the rest of it. And mm-hmm. I don't think in this case, that's obviously for us to judge. Yeah. But I just think the way he's behaved since this has happened and that's it completely rules the whole thing out. This yeah. talk of him putting yeah, yeah, yeah. women in the front row of his speech to show support yeah. for him, it's basically the behaviour of like an authoritarian, like tin pot dictator. Completely agree and with you, yeah. It's abusive. Every, yeah, it's, it's massively abusive behaviour. It's gaslighting the public, abusive, as you said. manipulative. And every second he remains in that role mm. is a further embarrassment yeah. to the sport, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the country of Spain, to the to the group of players that have to play yeah. under him, whatever level they're playing at. It's a shambles and it needs to stop yeah. as soon as possible. I'm hoping yeah. by the time this episode comes out, we might have seen a bit more of a development in the, in, in the story, if not today, hopefully mm. by the end of the week. The only path forward for him is to not be in that job. Yeah, he's been suspended by, the, by FIFA. He's been... Um, the, the Spanish FA have activated a um, what they call a sexual violence protocol. I don't really know what that involves necessarily, but they've done that anyway. Um, and But they're still, on one hand, the Spanish Football Federation is still saying that... Um, we're going to take legal action over Jenny Hermoso, yeah. which is which is again I mean, threatening, abusive yeah. behaviour, yeah. manipulation, yeah. and I yeah. think that's it. Like again, I sort of you know say to those who don't know much about this and so on that you know if you if if you are just thinking, well, you know, it was you know it was an over exuberant celebration, he shouldn't have done it. Again, just look at the way the man's reacted. He's now drawing in innocent people, yeah, shoving the blame on them, and you know what people will be like the comments online and all the yeah. rest yeah. of it. And again, like you've both said, his behaviour. Paints the picture exactly. You, you, you literally let him do the talking, and you'll come yeah. to your own conclusion yeah. very, very quickly. And if FIFA are having to step yeah. in, yeah. you know, not exactly a, 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 an organisation who have shown themselves to be um, particularly good on, on anything, yeah. especially these kind of issues. Even they've um, yeah. Yeah. was it a suspension? Was it it's a suspension yeah. pending an investigation? Yes, I think yes, it's yes, a general yes, kind yes, of yes. protocol, like ninety yeah, days yeah. or something, to yeah, investigate yeah. it. Yeah. So I mean, with with eighty female players refusing to play for the national team, obviously that that's really really powerful. A few male players have come out and condemned him. Mm-hmm. Um, Hector Bellerin, um, Borja Iglesias, yeah, who's, yeah. who said he won't play for the national team again. I think what would what will hopefully come next is more and more male players yep. standing in solidarity with mm. with Jenny Hermoso and, and the women's national team because it affects everybody. Yeah. And we thought we had to talk about that because it's such a huge story. Yeah. And and in, in obviously it's it's very regrettable. It's a huge story, but in one sense, it is a good. It's good that it's getting traction and people are, you know, hearing about this kind of stuff because perhaps in the past it was maybe sort of brushed under the carpet. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Back to the Premier League, um, if we can. Uh, Arsenal two, Fulham two. Uh, a barn burner, I would say. I feel like the barn just fell down of its own accord. Yeah. yeah. Kelvin Bassey kicked it down. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, where to begin? Um, In the first minute, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to happen a lot to Arsenal at the moment. Three times this calendar year. Right. Which is uh, is clearly there's something... Three times too many, mate. Well, indeed, yeah. Is I there think... a sense, Jim, that Arsenal, that Arteta tends to fiddle a bit too much? Well, I think I essentially think could be that. what he's trying to do now is implement a, a, a style that's quite different from last season's so that teams don't know which type of style you're going to get when you face Arsenal. And obviously that affects your preparation uh, there's an advantage to that but and I think that that 
goal in the first minute is a great example of that where Thomas Partey leaves that space uh, because he's playing in an unfamiliar position and um, brilliant brilliant finish from Pereira that you know most of the time isn't going to go in you would Mm. think but it is a consequence of that gap being there when it shouldn't be there because the players are getting used to a new system and um, I I feel like it's a lot of change at once and and this is the consequence of that as well conceding a cup from a corner when you've got an extra man mm. is unforgivable really again as good as the finish was from from Polina because it was it was but he was he was effectively in space on his own when mm. when Arsenal had an, an extra man is is i think symptomatic of that now i don't want to be too alarmist because i think the players will get up to speed with that system sooner rather than later and they will probably vary it and they looked a lot better when they returned to to the system that was more similar to last season but at present with Kivior um, playing at left back when he's more naturally a centre back. Thomas Partey playing as an inverted right back when obviously his his main strength is as a midfielder. If you if that works, you look like a tactical innovator, yeah. and obviously you, you are. If it doesn't work, it just looks like two players playing out of position, yes. and it limits you. And it gives Saka and Martinelli a lot to do on their own as well. It does, yeah. I mean, he's, he is going sort of the full Pep here, but of course, Pep's forward players and midfield players are of better quality than Arsenal's, even though Arsenal are very good forward and, and midfield players, of course. You know, if you've got De Bruyne in there and Silva and all these sort of types, they'll they'll dig you out of a hole and they'll get it while you're sort of having a tinker and, and so on. Um, I mean, Arteta was fuming after the game. He said, we have to show another level of commitment and desire over my dead body against 10 men. You cannot concede a goal. And I tell you what, Luke Moore, mm. when Adama Traore galloped through right at the end, I was like, come on, come on! I've got to say, as a historically nervous Arsenal fan, I have never been more certain <laughs> that we weren't going to concede a goal there yeah. just because of who it was. And it's yeah. such a, it, yeah. I thought, oh, that's nice to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen at the end. Up yours. Yeah. What you it's need like a Wes is- Anderson film. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very good. I think like you you need another player who's got that similar type of pace to just basically run up there alongside him so he yeah. can square the ball to them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, uh, Marcus how many? Yeah. Imagine yeah. him together. There you go. Marcus, presumably you are absolutely devastated that Paulinho scored when the transfer window's still open. I know. Because <laughs> people's got gently forgotten yeah, about him for a while. You don't notice him so much no, without that. He's, no. he's done you no favours there. This window can't shut quick enough yeah. for me. I mean, obviously already lost Mitrovic, but, but Joao Paulinho... Yeah. I can just imagine like Palina scores a quite a consequential goal. He doesn't really score very yeah. often. He's probably the biggest ruby in the dust in the Premier League. Mm. And you just imagine like all these all these managers, all these scouts, all these agents yep. slowly picking up their mobile phones going, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean the, the, the injury in pre-season, thank goodness it wasn't a, a long-term one, which we thought it was. That probably helped Fulham keep him, actually. You'd like him to stay out to the 1st of September, presumably. Uh, not after that goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait till the Saudi window's closed. Yeah, yeah blimey. But yeah. I, I, I mean, Joao Polina, I, I, I said this last season, and obviously, with a player like him and a team like Fulham, people aren't going to be keeping tabs, and they're not going to be watching them as much. Um, but I, you know, I think I had him in my team of the year at the end of the calendar year, and I got pelters on Twitter for having a bit of a weak side. You get pelters largely... a lot for your team teams that you put out, though, like your uh, England team and your got pelters ahead of the World Cup as well. Well, I mean, you know, the haters are just going to hate. They are going to hate. You know. You're the Tyndall. Of the... You're you that's a Tyndall, <laughs> not me. <laughs> but but Polina, I mean, look, I understand this might be a bit slim pickings, but he's the best player I've seen. Um, in, in the flesh in a Fulham shirt easily right. wow and again I understand that Fulham haven't had that many great players well, have I. what about Tom uh, Kearney that's disrespectful uh, yeah Tom Kearney I mean yeah wonderful player wonderful player yeah Mitro yeah but honestly Paulinho he's he's, he, is, he is an absolute monster yeah. in, in that midfield Yeah, and Fulham are just a totally different side you know if he'd have left I'd have thought Ugh. You know, Fulham will be in a, a proper relegation scrap. Now they may will well be uh, with Mitrovic not being there and, and, and where the goals come. Jimenez almost scored an amazing goal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's he, the he, thing. he always he's desperate to score at the Emirates for obvious reasons. The, there's, there's a feeling there that if it had been a, um, Mitrovic doing that, it would have gone in. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, that's easy to speculate but, uh, about. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. Fulham equipped themselves very well in this game. You know, they knew that Arsenal were a bit uh, tactically all over the place at times, and that midfield, you know. Again, Polina in there. So tidy. Yeah, exactly. And and ahead of him, Pereira, who just runs all day and has a bit of quality as he showed. You know, I I, I, I think it looked pretty good. Um, I did feel a bit degree um, aggrieved rather with with Bassi going down injured and Arsenal, who were criticised for having zero class when they scored. Yeah. And I thought to myself, 
Was he injured? Um, he's well. I thought it Just was on a foul. the floor, wasn't it? It was a clear foul from Saka. No, I would who disagree dra- with that. <laughs> who clearly dragged him down? Well, the, the thing is, the, the law is the law, right? Yeah, he's on the pitch. Mm. The referee doesn't yeah. have to stop the game. Yeah, so there's nothing really you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, one is always going to feel aggrieved if if that happens to you. But it's but an unfortunate by, situation. It's an unfortunate situation. But Eddie Nketiah scores nice finish, and we were talking on um, a recent ramble reacts about Eddie Nketiah saying. Is he is he good enough to to lead the line for a for a for a team who would be pushing for perhaps for another title uh, tilt? Well, I think there's positive. Start the season very well. There's, there's positives to take for Arsenal because presumably, Jim, your point about Kivio, they're going to bring Zinchenko back in there at yeah. some point. He's still returning from an injury. Um, he came well, Zinchenko the, came off the bench. Came yeah. off the bench exactly. Um, Vieira came on and was an assist and kind of affected the game. Inketier scored off the bench mm. and looked. That was the kind of finish you want to see him produce, given that his yeah. other aspects of his game are so solid that it's just his finishing that you kind of worry about. So I mean, there's definitely positives to be drawn from it. Just, I felt like Arsenal looked like a team a bit too often for me. And maybe this is feeding into what we're talking about them conceding early goals, where like they get on the pitch and they're, they're all a bit not confused, but they're all a little bit kind of tentative. And before you know it, in the Premier League, it's kind of ruthless. They're a goal down, and mm. it becomes a, it becomes a situation that doesn't need to become. Now I know I know they need to be flexible. I know they need to have different ways of winning games if they're going to go that next step. But at the moment, it kind of feels a little bit like nerve wracking on behalf of Arsenal fans, mm, which had disappeared last season. Um, and obviously, you've got to be careful with a sort of difficult, sec- difficult second album syndrome after a successful <laughs> season. Um, but that is something they need to address really, really quickly. Now, um, on Enketia, he's been criticised a lot for um, not scoring when he comes off the bench. So it's really good to see him get that. Fabio Vieira obviously had a had a big performance. He's he's someone that players that fans have been on the back of was at the end pe- of last season. Was it season. a penalty, Jim? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one we agree on, right? Yeah. Um, Very unlike Kenny Teto. But no, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, he he was fantastic. So as you say, there are there are definitely positives there. I think. I'm hoping that um, in the Man United game coming on Sunday, Arteta will kind of revert to what was more successful last season. They're too dangerous an opponent to experiment against. I think Thomas Partey is not Jurian Timber Mm. and he's playing the role that Arteta is earmarked for Timber and I I just think that's possibly a misstep, Mm -hmm. maybe something uh, a little bit overthought. And yeah, it's a frustrating result. Um, Not for me, mate. No, not for you. Obviously, I imagine you enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, But it's um, it's not perhaps the disaster that a lot of people seem to think it is. Also, I'm a bit concerned at what's going on with Gabriel. I think he's in the doghouse because the rumours are that you know he's he's perhaps pushing for a move to Saudi because it's it's on the mm. table for him. Shame. Um, but he is he you know there are much better team with him in the side and just play him surely surely yeah well you would think um, don't yeah. have any principles just no. play him yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, that's that's the lesson there. exactly yeah um, and close that ruddy window for crying out loud before anybody uh, remembers who Joao Polina is <laughs> right uh, let us move on to uh, Brighton one West Ham United three. A fantastic result for David Moyes. He's got form for this, isn't he? Where, you know, one of his teams might have a really difficult season and then the next season they mm. fly up the table. Did it at Everton? I think they finished 17th and they got them to fourth. Yeah. Uh, once at West Ham they finished 16th and then they were sixth the next season. Is he doing it again? Yeah, yeah well, it's a but, good point. I but, didn't think about that. But then this is an interesting one because last season has to go down as a, as a storming success. Well, in, indeed. Because of that cup win. And they've clearly brought in that good feeling and that confidence and whatnot into this season. I mean, the performance at Chelsea, we talked to, uh, against Chelsea rather, we, we, we spoke about when it happened, which was a great win and they were good value for, for, for that win. But against Brighton, who, again, as I said at the start of the show, people are talking about as one of the, 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 the hardest teams to play against in the Premier League at the moment, which is understandable. They go in there and they played superbly well. I mean, Brighton had a perfect record um, until... David Moyes and his merry men turned up, Luke. And his ferry men. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's just further um, fuel to my fire about yeah. Mikel Antonio being the best lone front man in the Premier League. Did you see that goal? Incredible. Yeah, I mean, he could have brilliant. had a hat-trick as well. He was that sort of checked dummy. Yeah, he was oh. unplayable. I mean, he was absolutely pillaging down the the, the, Big the, time. the left flank, you know, poor old James Milner. But, but they clearly targeted that area as they showed on Match of the Day and they got an enormous amount of joy. And it's surprising that Brighton couldn't really... Um, they, they 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 couldn't deal with that, you know. Because yeah. Deserby's a good tactician, and you think, well, okay, we see what they're doing here, but they didn't have an answer. But it, for it was it. it was super efficient from West Ham because what happened was Brighton, of course, dominated the ball as you'd expect. They again to to use that that thing I said earlier. I think they had double the shots West Ham had. Yeah. But the efficiency of what West Ham were able to do came down to I think them scoring an early goal 
and being able to be, like I say, efficient with what they did. And they obviously were yeah. able to catch um, Brighton out. They with, had other with, chances as well, didn't they? It wasn't just the goal. Well, Marcus said, Antonio could have got, yeah. got one or two but more. But with 22% possession, yeah. they'd go away thinking, we probably should have had four or five. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, crazy. That, I mean, that, that, that is it, yeah. isn't it? Um, uh, nice to see uh, James Walprow scoring. Uh, Great and, player. And back on the South Coast. He's a good mm. player. He is a, a really good player. good player. But what about... Throwing the shackles off now, isn't Do you know, it? if it wasn't for Joao Polini's performance, my, my highlight of the weekend would have been that Jarrah Bowen goal. Oh, oh it was beautiful. absolutely beautiful. Dennis burkamp It was. To, to take it uh, to take it at such speed mm-hmm. and cushion it like that and then have the technique to just have that perfect little finish was just beautiful. You, you, you would think the, the form that Bowen's in, it will surely be back in England contention soon. Yeah, quite. I mean, there's a lot of contention in those particular Marshall areas. Marshall there's an international break coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. love that. Um, everyone's favourite international break just as the Premier League gets going. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was a glorious goal. There's no two ways about yeah, it. it. And, and with him and Antonio up front and they've got other options as well, as we saw, devastating on the break. Such a fantastic game, wasn't it? Because yeah. like we say, you know, West Ham had 22% possession, Brighton had twice their shots. But that doesn't mean that they didn't have a lot of chances themselves. It was mm. essentially a, a bit of a back and forth where they just punched harder than Brighton. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And but, I think you, know, you shouldn't be too harsh on Brighton, though, because they're a good team and they had a difficult uh, day at the office. Um, a couple of errors in there, maybe a couple of defensive players out of form. Brand new midfield yeah. as well, essentially. I mean, it is a shame of yeah. them because they've they've played so well in 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 uh, the, the lead up to this game, and we haven't spoke about them that much due to other games, you know, being a bit madder or more headliney. So, unfortunately for Brighton, you know, the first time we're sort of talking about them properly, perhaps, or, or maybe one of the few times is, is when they are uh, coming off the back of a defeat. But yeah, Brighton have been brilliant so far this season, and and that was a surprise. But even then, though, when they were down, I mean, it could. It, Perhaps should have been 4-0 when Antonio misses that chance. They get yeah. a goal. And if it wasn't for Ariola making some stunning saves, yeah. you know, they, they could have made He really got... earned, his, earned his money. Yeah. And you learn a lot about Brighton, I think, over the, over the coming weeks because they the last game before the international break, they got Newcastle at home. So yeah. a chance for them at home to kind of atone for that. Mm. And then after the international break, they play Man United away. So mm. we'll probably learn a little bit more about where they're at from those two games, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, but the, the football they've played already this season, again, you think to yourself. It's lovely stuff. Yeah, this is yeah. just, this, it's, it's one of those results but it, 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 that happen. But again, you know, let's be realistic about Brighton. They're not, you know, um, Manchester City or they're not even Arsenal, something like that. And again, the way the pundits talk about Brighton, it, it is because They've raised of, their own expectations. They've raised their own yeah. expectations, but I feel that sometimes they're spoken about almost too highly as if they've qualified for the Champions League and they're that sort yeah. of size. I, li- I like um, De Zerbi as well because he seems like a proper aesthete but he also looks like he could go absolutely mental. Yeah, He, like, he doesn't like any shit. He looks like he's he was in a pop punk band in the 2000s. He does a bit actually, yeah. yeah. With that kind of sculpted kind of little beard mm. that he's sticking with. Sticky up and hair. And sticky up hair, yeah. Mm. There we go. Um, apparently West Ham have reopened talks with uh, Manchester United for Harry Maguire and this is... this what, is what, Talks what about though? Uh, talks about what? How much you pay for him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... I I just want to talk to you about it. I, I just don't think want to get off the back of that, off the back of that <laughs> result, I think Moyes has sort of phoned up Maguire and says, "Oi, come on, come yeah. and get involved. This yeah. is where the good times are at. Yeah. You're scraping results at home against Nottingham Forest. We're not making any errors. Come, <laughs> come and see us. We've got we've got players who will sit who will help. We're going to sit deep." We're going to sit yeah. really deep and play on the break. You're going to have to head a load of balls away. Headers, Harry. Yeah. It'll just be headers. <laughs> yeah. We've got midfielders who want to help out the back four. One of our one of our centre backs that we've got here already. Um, he abuses animals. <laughs> we need to get rid of him. What's get that? him in. What are you doing? Kurt Zuma. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. Why are you saying that? Kicking a cat. Right. In my mind, the cat's done absolutely nothing wrong there. I see. He'll never play for Sunderland, will he? No. <laughs> no. Oh, by the way, do you see that? Yeah, go on. That's a good link, actually. Do you like that? Speaking of, um, that's linked everything together because being kind to animals yep. and Sunderland, yes. Luke O'Neill saved a dog's life on the beach in he Sunderland. Did. This was quite something, wasn't it? Incredible. He gave CPR, did he not? I didn't to even the, know how to do to that. a drowning dog. Or yeah. a dog that had been in the sea, an old dog had been in the sea, mm. got itself into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And um, its owner was obviously not sure what to do. Luke O'Neill comes along. Gives it mouth to mouth. Knows yeah. how to do that. No, he pumped it. Did he? he oh, did he really? I thought he gave the, him... All the seawater came out. Yeah. Oh, that's well, what the report was. It wasn't mouth to mouth. He wasn't giving a dog mouth to mouth. <laughs> well, I don't know how you save a dog. <laughs> no, well, that's the point. And now you do. That's why it's a really important public public information story. Yeah. It'd be difficult to get your chops right around the gob of a dog, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. How anyway. have you turned it into this? <laughs> it's, a lovely, it's a lovely story. It's a lovely story. It is a lovely story. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah. a lovely story. Be more Luca Nine, be less Kurt yeah. Zuma, yeah, is my yeah, advice. Yeah. We're going to end with another lovely story. It's um, Lionel Messi scoring in his uh, Major League Soccer. Is this a lovely story, though? Look, oh, look. What, 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 yeah, it is. But, but, 
people had to pay less than $700 to be there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. See what you've done there. Because yeah. that would be extortionate. He's basically, he's basically <laughs> shoved like an inflation rate of about 3,000% on yeah. tickets in Miami. When something like... Well, it's not just Miami, is it? It's like whenever they go elsewhere, Mate, the this tickets is the, become expensive this as well, is the don't big, they? That's the biggest piss take. It's outrageous. No, I don't know. I think the MLS, do they... I, I forget. Pay a fortune to watch this guy take the piss out of your team. <laughs> essentially it like they don't understand how supporting a football club works yeah. you want to build that fan base and a lot of clubs well they're not clubs are they a lot of teams in MLS have done that quite well uh, but yes when Messi and co turn up the home side are charging four, five hundred, six hundred dollars for a ticket can you imagine the Premier League you know, well, yeah, imagine, I can. imagine Sheffield yeah. United on the weekend. Yeah. Well, you're gonna to have to pay 150 quid for a ticket. Why? Well, because Erlen Haaland's turning up. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm they do what. charge extortionate rights. Premier already, League fans have have been shat on from from a fairly high height regularly. Yeah. Okay. Th- this height is like not even even the Premier League have reached that. So you're telling me it's a field of story or it isn't? Uh, You've changed your mind, have you? You've changed your own mind in five minutes. I think it's, I think it's a feel-good for a fee. Yeah, I haven't said... Uh, no, but I haven't finished on the feel-good oh, story. Okay, okay, sorry, So mate. we're all agreed that's, that that's, my a, fault. that's a disgrace, isn't yeah. it? Right. Um, Billy Sharp scored on his oh. MLS debut for LA Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Come on! 37-year-old Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp! He's left Are Sheffield United. Are you watching Messi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is another Englishman set to conquer yet another foreign league gym <laughs> this season. Billy Sharp moving from Sheffield United. Who's writing your lines for you? Billy man? Sharp. Is, it, is this you writing that? <laughs> Billy Sharp. Um, We're not going to talk about Messi's goal, apparently. No. We've already mentioned it. He scored in his debut. Well done. Um, <laughs> MLS debut. Um, Billy Sharp also scored in his MLS debut from, from Sheffield United to LA Galaxy, Jim. What a story. Yeah, but you have covered all of it there. <laughs> right. I would also say that I did point out very, very early on that Lionel Messi could do what he's doing now mm. in his 50s. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it every single show. Mm. And Harry Kane could as well. Harry Kane's got a, got a double. Double for he Bayern. Yeah. He, he really looks at home there, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's happened straight away. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see him in the international up. break, Jim. They look, they, look, <laughs> um, they, look, great. they look a good team, that Augsburg, don't they? <laughs> The Cancan's back. I don't know if it ever went away. It is my favourite thing in world football. If you're not familiar with it, when Bayern Munich score against you, even if it's their seventh goal at home Which and they're literally is. taking the piss out of you, the Cancan plays when they celebrate. <laughs> I love it so much. It's like Marcus doing the match of the day theme tune when he's beating the <laughs> yeah. Also, you, the Bundesliga ball is like a proper old school, like Telstar. Mm. Um, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Like 70s ball. Brilliant. Yeah. Would they would they play that music if they were three 0 down and they pulled one back? They have question. to. They've got to. Surely you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah, I don't know. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. We'll ask. We'll ask. Well, him. That's enough. Big about old head company. in a jar. We'll Andy ask. Brassel. We'll yeah. ask Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, when we next see him. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. We're back on Wednesday, of course. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you, mate. Thank you, everybody. See you on Wednesday. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.